0: Elegant weapon, but a more civilized age. and gentlemen welcome to an elegant weapon episode 365 my name is J J M clark j the jedi ross ross jedi j and as always it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies here with us in the smoking pod studio let me just say happy victoria day to all my fellow canadians out there i hope you're all enjoying an isolated long weekend it's crummy and rainy outside, as is pretty much every other May 2-4 weekend. Usually we don't think about it much because we're outside partying and camping and getting the summer underway. But this year, it's a, it's a bit of a weird thing. But still, it's nice to be here. We're celebrating Victoria Day uh in quarantine style so this week uh we got a plan kids we're gonna do a whole bunch of really exciting stuff it's gonna be source point press heavy hitters week every day this week we're gonna have a classic on from source point press uh next week we're gonna get a little bit more back into some canadian comic creators as uh, we got to support all around um just to put my cards on the table i'm a little bit biased seeing as i am the canadian ops manager for source point press I help run all the shows out here and uh, all the logistics and all that kind of stuff and spread the good word of Source Point Press. So I'm celebrating my family this week in a time that we all miss our family severely. So joining me to kick things off is our very good friend, writer, Mr. Garrett Gunn. How are you, Garrett? good bro how are you i'm wonderful it's so good to talk with you again even though you're one of the more recent people that i've actually been able to talk to seeing as i just saw you at uh, astronomicon yes
1: we had such a glorious time also that was such a build-up that intro is on point like that was a lot dude <laughs> i'm sorry man it's uh so, like the whole beat like the fucking star wars remix and like <laughs> that's that was a th- all, the any, any experience i've ever had with you was just like through a fucking mic at a con i've well, never been in this like this oh is like the fucking too, thunderdome like.
0: and this has been a weird thing because uh <clears throat> it's like I'm used to being the guy doing all this interviewing, and then this quarantine hits, and everybody <laughs> takes to Zoom. All of a sudden, everybody's interviewing yeah. everybody, and there's all this stuff going on. And I was all kind of weirded out enough in the beginning that uh, it kind of it kind of weirded me out enough that I actually didn't pod for a few weeks. I actually took a step back, just to kind of oh, soak yeah. it all in and kind of let everybody have their fun and figure out what the yeah. hell was going on. And because, uh, yeah, it was weird, man. Like we were just talking about before, every decent webcam on the planet and on the Internet has been sold out. Uh, it, it's crazy. And uh, it's a Zoom world yeah. now. So I, of course, I jumped on the Zoom bandwagon and uh, decided to just keep doing what I do, but uh, <laughs> throw a visual element in there. So we got a nice little setup uh, going on here. Our brand new, well-produced setup, we have to send out mad shout-outs to Mr. Jeremy Cordick. Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for uh, bringing it on home and helping us out, man. Your new setup and contribution to the to the way is going to keep things going for quite a long time. I'm still getting used to a few things. So if it looks like I'm kind of looking around, uh, I'm still figuring out the things. Because there's always that awkward point when you want to share it to all your pages but you don't want to kind of interrupt the conversation you don't want to show all those time. tabs
1: bro yeah,
0: you know what i mean <laughs> no one to see it like, now back up porn
1: tabs you got there open
0: see now right now i just screwed it up because you can totally hear us but now i've muted it so you know i'm getting there getting there kids <laughs> figuring it out and also uh i can do this too now there's uh that's not what I wanted to do. It, it, it actually doesn't
1: and matter. I can do this now, I but I can't. So there.
0: Well, this <laughs> is what I had meant to do for you here before, which I didn't get a chance to do, but now I can do <laughs> oh, oh, it. Right. Oh, no
1: big deal. <laughs> Please. Yeah.
0: But this has been a lot of fun. So it, in fact, the way that things have gone, I took a minute, I stepped back, and just kind of recharged a bit, and uh, you know, because it was a real weird time. This was going to be a huge year for me, man. I had like, yeah. how many cons were we going to be doing, right? Like, just Holy an fuck, absolutely so ridiculous amounts. Bob, selling misses us. We miss you too. Uh, I missed you. Oh, I need to pull that us. up. I forgot. Yeah, pull it up. The party's coming. Pull it up. Yeah. So we, you know, we were talking about it in Michigan at Astronomicon. There It was going to be a real exciting year, man. I, I know all, we had a lot
1: of stuff planned, dude.
0: Well, I took all of two now, 2019 off. Remember, and was ready to come raging back, and it was going to be the year of the con, and I had all these awesome travel plans set up, and then boom, this thing came down like a hammer, and uh we were very lucky to have gotten in. I got three in in a month. So I did yeah. Vancouver. First, they did Michigan Astronomicon. Uh, then in Vancouver, our sur- our first Source Point show in Vancouver, where we sold the fuck out. And uh, then C2E2. So it was nice that we at least got C2E2 in there, but it was weird because you remember that's when the fist bumping started?
1: Yeah, it was weird. It was I remember disgusting. we had this conversation. I said at C2E2, I was like, man, there's a weird vibe on this floor. Like, like people are like starting to act weird. I think it's because of like this this COVID-19 thing. Like it just feels strange. And yeah. then like boom, everything fucking exploded after that.
0: Yeah, it went crazy, man. Cuz I had so much lined up immediately afterwards, too. Like yeah. Toronto Comic-Con and a whole bunch sure. of crazy stuff. So, like how has it made you readjust your game plan for the year?
1: I mean, I just kind of like do my thing, bro. Like, like I mean, I don't really change anything. Like cons to me are like just an extra thing that like to go do. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't build my year necessarily around cons. Um, So like when they just kind of all just went away, I was like, all right, I guess I have more time to work on the things I'm already working on. Like, like that. I mean, it sucks. Like it. It it was. It's like a huge like uh, mental and emotional like toll that it takes because like that's my like time to get away and like go have like my own like fun with like fellow creators and like do all that stuff and now all of a sudden like you don't get any of that like this is cool like it's cool to do this stuff but it's not the same not, not at the same all thing, like as being reunions, in person and, like right getting you know just like getting hammered and watching bob make a fool of himself <laughs> that kind of like i don't get that now yeah I miss yeah you, bob bob doesn't like me anymore i bob like <laughs> Ever since, like, he had, me, he had me read Broken Gargoyles, number one. I gave him, like, my honest feedback on something. Like, it was, I told him it was fucking great, because it is fucking great. And I was like, genius. I gave him, like, one thing. And after that thing, he just stopped talking to me. He's like, fuck you, Garrett. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Everything you stand for, you fucking prick. Like, I'm sure that was he it. just
0: needed, well, he probably was just upset because you were
1: probably right. <laughs> i no that's the thing is this one person's perspective and like everybody else that read it disagreed with me and i'm like that's cool you can disagree with me like i'm just giving you like my like right back like you know what i mean like my first impression yeah yeah and i i, th- I really i fucking love, love bob to death yeah but bob hates me now
0: it blew me away when i read it i really like i you know i was i was quite impressed i think it's a bit of yeah. a game changer it's out there now kids uh or it's in pre-order now, or what are we at? I'm so confused these days I think because it's the way in, No,
1: it's in it's in previews right now. Right. Previews, yeah, right now. y'all,
0: y'all need to read this though. It's really it's or you the, can
1: buy it from SourcePoint's Source. website. Absolutely. You know what? You know, what? I actually,
0: I actually what I have to do is, and maybe we'll make a video out of this, but I got a shipment recently, just before all this started, of SourcePoint yeah. stuff for like Toronto Comic-Con and this and that. Yeah. And the quarantine hit, and I never <laughs> opened the boxes. I just, you know, I never Shit. saw sense, like, well, like, I was like, how long is it going to be before I go to a con? Like, what's the need of me to crack these yeah. boxes, right? Yeah. So I, in fact, have a bunch of uncracked boxes full of comic books and games and stuff. So I don't actually know what's yeah. in there. So what I actually have to do is crack that stuff open and maybe, you know, I can do a little bit of supply edge curbside meetup type stuff yeah. out here there you go. and try and supply some uh, local Canada Ontarians hustle, with their, with their
1: source point material, you know? Yeah, like um, but who knows? I don't I like think a there's... a fucking corner store and just like sell <laughs> comics out of the trunk, dude. Yeah, totally. Hey, kids, you want to read some comics? <laughs> just the trench coat. <laughs> People like, like come books on, books keep going. <laughs> keep going. Don't talk to the scary man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's totally weird times, man. It's... Yeah. Uh, you know, and having to see what's going on with diamond and having the pause and then the new stuff. Travis is actually editor in chief Travis is gonna be joining us on the show tomorrow so he can explain what the hell is going on with all this distribution stuff and these uh corner box, new corner Corner box and everything so we can understand yeah. what kind of evolution is actually occurring before our eyes here. because um, yeah. it's kind of crazy stuff. Like this has changed. There's 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 a few industries that won't be, you know, that probably I mean, every industry is hit hard right now, but there's a few that are kind of, kind of come through. Okay. The same on the outside, on the other side, even if they've got new social distancing rules and stuff, but it seems like there's certain industries that have absolutely now been tossed on their fucking heads, including, I mean, I'll tell you, right. Like
1: I have a friend, I got a friend that works in um, like the, like the music venue, like industry. And like, like he's like a sound engineer. He runs like concerts for like big, big people like Rob Zombie, Korn, people like that. And like, They're just, industry's just gone, gone. And like, and they're like, like people are telling them like, prepare for it not to come back. Like it's, it's, it's hit the industry. So fun. like like been so devastating to that industry financially that the companies that do that just can't afford to exist anymore. Well, It's just fucking
0: insane to me. dude. think a lot of these older acts who just tour? Yeah. Right, who aren't yeah. so into the online life, and they just tour, and now yeah. they're retired. You're retired. we well, are not getting radio. <laughs> you're radio, radio yeah. royalties yeah. yeah, anymore. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're you. know, it's 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 over. So it's crazy. You know, but I think we're gonna figure it out. I mean, I right from the beginning, I have been so insanely impressed up, with the support that this yeah. you know community has given. It's given each oh, other yeah. like right from the beginning. People had yeah. each other's backs, yeah. and the first wave was was commissions and buying. And everybody just started buying each other's stuff. I cannot even believe how many creators have stepped up to help support each other has been, has been nuts and, and not, not taken away from the community because it's definitely been here as well. But, you know, holy crap, right down to the source point auctions. Like, you know, that was kind of the kickoff. It felt like were those source point auctions. eh?
1: Well, I like, I kept like, I started looking at like my calendar and I was like, okay. I, I didn't need to get, like, a lot of this shit done until, like, fall. <laughs> right. But I'm like, uh, you know, I would, like, hit up the artist, like, the cover artist that I was going to ask to do a cover, like, in October. And I'm like, hey, like, if you need to do it now, like, I could probably swing, like, you know, paying you, like, to do this commission now, like, to do this work. Um, like, trying to, like, front load as much stuff as possible to, like, give people money without, like, crippling my company. Right, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. like, I, I remember like right when this started, like having a conversation with Travis where we were like, what can we do? Like Travis was like, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Like, like would you be on board with this? And I was like, yeah, sure, dude. Give my books away for free. I don't give a fuck. Hey, like like get, people, get people books, get, you know, artists money where we can. Like I'm, I'm in a very unique position because like I'm retired. Like I, give, right. I, I live off of my army pension and shit. Right. So like, I don't, this hasn't affected me financially. So I'm like, okay, how thin can I spread myself to help as many people as I can while still making sure my Dude, shit's done. You I'm know what I mean?
0: Totally in the same boat. Cause I'm still working. This has not yeah. touched me financially in any way. Yeah. In fact, I'm saving money cause I'm not spending it going out or doing anything. Yeah. So the same thing, I've been trying to spread it around and get a yeah. little of this from there and get a little bit of this from there because you That's just, you just, Every little bit helps, I guess, though, right? But yeah, like one of yeah, my one of my one,
1: one of the guys, one of my buddies, Michael Claro, who like works for my company. Um, you know, he lives off of conventions. Like, I mean, like three quarters of his income is convention. You know, like money he makes at conventions. And he's like, dude, I went from like five thousand dollars a month to like a thousand bucks he's like oh. this is so
0: shitty oh like, man the hit is insane i was i was talking with carlos uh the other day he's the owner of gotham central here in Mississauga. yeah 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 and he was giving me some numbers that i was just like oh it's
1: fucking crazy just, i mean it he's a smart me. business
0: guy too so he, i mean he's yeah. gonna be okay he's gonna come through this fine yeah. but there's businesses um, that are like strong yeah.
1: that are like well what's it like is you just fine.
0: like talk about your business a little because it's a new business it's yeah. Uh, you know it's kind of a, a a new little sprouted thing from your brain i mean and to have it just when you're about to try and really like have it take yeah. off this thing whole hits what's that like i
1: mean it, like most of my business is just like me and my team like there's not really like we don't depend on like um you know foot traffic or like we don't depend on like like this business is mainly online like everything we do is is you know, can still be done right now. Yeah. yeah. Um so uh I've started a business called Last Wolf Legion. Um it was a it's essentially just an intellectual property development house uh where we like develop treatments for film, TV, comics, graphic novels, uh, motion comics, anything. We develop these small treatments to then pitch to companies, studios, publishers, whatever, to try to get them developed into products. Um uh, the company was founded by me, uh, my buddy Sean Schemmel, who's the voice of Goku from Dragon Ball Z, uh, my buddy Michael Claro, who's an artist for Aspen, Marvel, a bunch of stuff, uh, and Chris Campana, who a lot of us know from like-
0: the All very team. good people, man.
1: <clears throat> that's Sean- the, the company motto is make cool shit with our friends. Like that's that's Love our- that's Dude, Sean Schemmel,
0: did. Sean, drop by. Um, yeah. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know out there, and you're so not in the know if you don't know, uh, one of Garrett's titles, Franklin and Ghost, wonderful comic book, is being made into an animated series. Um, one of the voices attached is Goku himself, Mr. Sean Schemmel. So we were at fan expo Vancouver, as I had said back in February, and he happened to be there as a guest as well. (laughs) So Garrett, you know, was like, Hey, source point is there. Drop by, say hello. And he did. And he came on over and he didn't just say hello. He was so enthusiastic and so excited and so jazzed up over what was coming and what was happening. And he loved (laughs) the project. And, you know, it felt like, uh, I don't know. He seemed real excited about it though, man. It seems like maybe it was one of those things where, you know, he's had the like solid jobs for years and this is a bit more of a fun indie type, you know, well, rock like and he roll type like, situation. Him and I, him and I have talked about,
1: him and I have talked about it a lot. Like, I mean, like we've become really good friends like through like not just like him attaching to the project but like after that like we kind of like developed this friendship like we talk like every other day and then like then we became business partners and shit, but like he talks all the time about like, he'll, he'll sit there and he'll be like, man, I just, like, really appreciate you giving me this opportunity and shit. Like, to me, I'm like, bro, I didn't give you shit. Like, you're yeah. fucking Goku. Like, yeah. you got this because you're talented and, you, like, of your you. Like, yeah, you yeah. got this. I didn't give you anything. And well, he's just, like. It shows he's an artist, though, right? Well, and he kind of just, like, explained to me. He's like, look, like, this kind of thing is, like, really sought after in, our, in their industry because, a lot of those people are doing dub work, which means like they're not creating necessarily a an original voice. Like they are original voices, but they're, they're somehow usually uh, inspired by like their Japanese counterpart because this character already exists in Japan. So right. like they don't feel like they get to like at the ground floor, like I'm going to come in and I'm going to develop a character. Oh, yeah. So like to Sean, Sean has always been like, dude, I. Love Franklin and Ghost because I get to come in and I get to design the voice to Franklin. I get to design the voice of Tyrion. Like, like these are characters that like are going to be one hundred percent me. I'm not. I'm not listening to a Japanese person. You know, read that dialogue in, in Japanese and right. then turning it into Hey, I'm Goku. Like, right? Like yeah. No. Into totally his voice. Different. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so Absolutely. He, They all really like it because they think it's like an opportunity to like. That's not something that happens a lot. Like right, a lot right, of original right. animation doesn't come around that often. Right. 90% of it is adapted or dubbed or whatever from things that already exist. Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. So to do something fresh and, yeah. In, in so, his but own. he loves Absolutely. it. He's yeah.
1: very, very, intr- like, he he has read all the jazzed. Books. I'm telling you. He's he very so jazzed. Like, yeah. And he will, met- what's funny is he's so, like, not used to comics that, like, he read the Franklin and the Ghost, like, first volume. At like there's like 180 pages, and he like called me. and He's all, "All right, cool. So I got questions. Like, why don't I know this? Like, why don't I know that? Like, tell me who did this." I mean, I was like, "You'll have to wait for the other books." And he's all, "Yeah, man, but that wasn't enough. Like that, you better give me more shit." I'm all, "That's the way comics works, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. it's an ongoing it's an thing." Ongoing and he was like,
0: "Experience,
1: yeah." Fuck. He's like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> he's like, "I want to know more shit." And so right. he's constantly, <laughs> yeah. whenever I give him like a project, or he'll like want to read something I'm working on. I send it to him. and He'll be like this is like a really short read. I'm like, dude, it's a 22 page comic. Like you don't get a ton out of a 22 page comic. Like some of these are once a month in exactly
0: 22 pages. So he's very like, he has a really
1: hard time with like not dumping everything on the, on the, like, you know, the viewer or the reader or whatever. And he wants so badly to constantly tell people. And I always got to tell him, I'm like, don't overload them. Just let let yeah. them develop these opinions on their own, and let them develop this on their own, and then we hit them with you know what happens, or or then we give them the backstory, then we give them the origin. Like like you don't give them everything at once. Yeah, it's no. not a movie. It's not yeah. a t- even a TV yeah. show. Yeah. And I mean, take like,
0: your time. Tell the story right. Is,
1: yeah, like Franklin and Ghost is an ongoing series. So yeah. like if Hellboy had come out and was like, hey, so Hellboy's like King of Hell, and like you know here's this yeah. thing, and here's this power, and like boom, 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 what's up? You want to read the second one? No, I already you already told me everything. Which is
0: one of the, it just shows uh, the faith in Franklin and goes from the beginning as well, because SourcePoint is not aught for usually putting out ongoing series. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these things usually cap out and they're starting to experiment more. But that's the cool thing is I, I I'm so proud of this company for the way that they have sidestepped and danced their way around this situation and have taken some risks that have yeah. paid off like huge like like yeah. you know have far exceeded expectations uh you know new ways of doing things that'll probably stick around even if things went back to normal because they've you know they worked out yeah. so well but you know at times like this you got to take chances and try new things and that's what source points always been about and you know you you try new things you end up with awesome shit like franklin and Ghost right <laughs> yeah, yeah now you people uh oh steve rockna steve i don't know if it's rockna or roshna it's rona actually it rona? Steve rona. it's yeah. silent silent ch
1: yeah silent that's, C? that's
0: yeah yeah what is that that's interesting uh, he's, um, a, he's yeah yeah what's he saying he helped uh he also helped put on an amazing episode of D. he
1: did so we have a um we have a store out here in california like uh me and my buddy started a few years ago it's like a pokemon store like we sell a lot of trading cards pokemon magic gathering Yu-Gi-Oh, stuff like that um and we do a d and Twitch stream every Friday, or we did before quarantine. Uh, we do it every Friday night. We do an episode of D&D. And, we, and like, it's like four, four hours long. And we all, it's the same group every week. And we, we play this big campaign. So Sean came to our store and did a signing, um, like a local signing. And there was a fuckload of people. And like, I asked him, I said, hey, after we do the signing, like, do you mind just like hanging out at the store? Like, We'll play an episode of D&D. And he was like, oh man, I haven't played d since like the fucking late 80s. And he, I was like, yeah, dude, if you want to make a character, whatever. He was like, I still know my character from back then when I played. He's like, I'll play that. So we put on this this episode of D and D, and he played this character who like couldn't didn't have a memory, like couldn't remember where he came from, and all he could re- all he could remember, and all he could remember was that he was from a planet where there, planet where there was these strange beings called Saiyans, and he's like, I don't really know what they were. I had a, there was a guy named Goku, and like and like all he was talking about was and at the end of the episode, he brought in Goku to just like annihilate yeah. some giant thing we were fighting. It was the fucking greatest D&D campaign I'd ever seen. Like I, He's like, we're all just sitting back going like, what's happening? <laughs> like, Goku's fighting this gigantic monster. <laughs>
0: Dude, <laughs> like, I miss playing sometimes. I used to play, last time I played uh, it's been a while, but a couple years back, the last Pathfinder I was in yeah. uh, it was with uh, fellow podcasters, uh, the Dragon Fisters, And uh, <laughs> yeah, they're a fan, it it was was fantastic show. But, yeah. <laughs> So uh we did a Pathfinder fun with them where it was me and a couple other guys from points of interest network, and none of us had really played since we were like thirteen. So yeah. we just fucking got together and we played online and I still have my character sheet. And I was a mad cleric who used to just go yeah. fucking nuts and kill people and oh, yeah, a fucking god. And I shit. fucking love
1: like clerics <laughs> yes. are so fun to play. Yeah.
0: So I've still got the sheet somewhere too, that's got all my it's info. It's fucking so.
1: great. Yeah, it'd be fun to get in on a game. Well, the thing I like, to, like, sometime. I mean, we play a lot. Like, we play a lot of D&D. Like, I've really gotten into it, like, the last well, year. Well, are Garrett,
0: like, like I, I love the Renaissance Man part of your existence because I have so <laughs> much trouble keeping your shit straight. I really, really do. Because your shit is so interesting and unique is why I think that is okay. Like, because I have Thank lots you. of friends who do lots of different things. Okay, yeah. I've got a friend who's a wrestler, a strip club DJ, a podcaster, and a comic book yeah. writer. Okay, and a, did I say wrestler? Like, yeah. like, like I have some friends, and they've. But those are distinct things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. are constantly like you're either twitching or streaming or writing or lifting or you know <laughs> or drawing even or cartooning yeah. or there's so much little stuff that you've got going on and it's so hard
1: to keep it straight. How do you keep it straight? Who says I do <laughs> You like assume you assume I keep it straight. Nice. Like it's more so like, I just, I just like let the, like the creative drive move me, man. Like, that's it. I'm like, I'll be super into like, like I, there's times I'm like, I just want to draw all the time and I'll, and I'll draw like, I mean, it's definitely like the more like the artistic stuff, like sculpture and like drawing and stuff has definitely become like, Uh, more popular, like, recently, because I was, like, in art classes. I was, like, taking art classes at college, and so, like, I was in ceramics and sculpture, and I was in, like, 3D design and other stuff. So, like, that sort of, like, being in that environment, like, being forced to, like, be in that, like, that, you know, scholarly, like, you know, setting of, like, everyone's working on sculpture, it, like, funnels creativity into you I feel like so like that stuff became more prevalent in my life of like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna work on sculpture I'm gonna you know work on uh, drawing more I'm gonna develop more of this stuff or do that stuff so it just kind of comes in waves like so
0: but I guess it is it does relate to the fact that you are retired and have been quarantined yeah for you know years at this point this is this must be so yeah. weird for you to see everybody experiencing exactly what your life has been yes for forever now <laughs> and you know, like literally yeah. because people have either gone one way or the other people have either sat yeah. on the couch got fat watched fucking tv and I mean, just fucking that dove uh, into yeah. it right or yeah. other people have like i've gone the other way i can't believe how much shit i've got done and sorted out and oh like, yeah dude i've lost 35 pounds
1: and do, I don't understand how you lost
0: 35 dude, pounds. I weigh about you're as much fucking, as one so, of your legs at this point. I weigh about as much <laughs> as my <laughs> calf muscle. For real. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You're, I don't understand. Casey hit me
0: up time. today. Casey, I don't know if you're still watching, but Casey hit me up. She's like, you know, you weigh less than I do now. And I was like, yeah, but you got That's all the muscles, crazy.
1: right? Like Casey's. All yeah, but the you mus- got the look for that though. Like, like I used to like, I got really skinny when I was like deployed in the army and like, people told me, they're like, God, you look fucking weird, man. Like you gotta, you gotta be a big dude. Like you don't look right when you're small. Like you've got that Crypt Keeper vibe. Like, like you pull (laughs) that shit off. You know what I mean? And I mean that as a total total compliment. You like some people look good skinny, right? Some people don't like that's just 100% like how you're built. Like society wants like to make everybody feel like you should be like this, like you should look this way. And I'm like, no, dude, like you look fucking weird. Stop. Like, well,
0: it's, it's, it's been weird it's to too me much. how, how much I've learned about doing it. Cause for me, it was pure. Like I was, I went through a little bit of a depressed period in February yeah, and, uh, you know, and, uh, I wasn't eating. I just didn't have an appetite. It was one of those times yeah. and you just want to fucking eat. And I started losing <laughs> weight and it was weird because the hunger felt good. I like
1: yeah. feeling
0: hungry for some reason was comforting. And I I don't that's fucked up. I know. But at the time it was like something to focus on. It was something to almost distract me. Yeah. And it felt good to almost be letting myself eat itself,
1: as weird as that fucking sounds, right? <laughs> like, but yeah, I was it. just in this Ugh,
0: fucking, fucking mode self of self-mutilation. Just
1: go down there. Just fucking eat, eat myself. Yeah. So but then <laughs> I started,
0: dark. and then sure. I was like starting to like kind of be like i wonder what i can like do with this so i started running out of the fucking blue watching idiots like dan doherty get up every day and run 100 fucking miles and shit yeah Yeah. and but for some reason i started just little jogs little like 10 minute jogs and this and that and then uh it got recommended to me um an app called my fitness pal yeah. And yeah, it's, know. you know, it's like a calorie counter. Right. Yeah. So I figured out like my base calorie thing or whatever, and I plugged it into the formula and then dropped it. And I was like, okay, this is easy because it shows you your exercise and how many calories you've ta- you've burned off. Right. And then it gives <laughs> you a number and it's like, don't eat yeah. more than that and you'll be fine. So if I, I've just ate less than that and exercised a little and weights pretty are simple. Yeah, it's so yeah. simple and you just walk. I keep telling people you don't got to exercise, just fucking go for a guy. walk. See, that's like walk. that's
1: the that's the struggle I have with like so I kind of like came to terms like probably like a year ago. I was like, you know what man, like my whole life I've tried to like lose weight, be skinny, like like look like a certain way. And then like I was going to a gym and I was like doing CrossFit at this gym like and, I, and it was going really well. And the guy, there was like a gym like attached to it like the company like owned like a CrossFit gym and a powerlifting gym. And the guy, like the guy that owned it was like, why do you do CrossFit? I was like, well, cause I'm trying to be skinny. I'm not trying to look good. And he's like, dude, you're 6'2". Like, like, you're fucking yeah. huge. Like, right. you need to be over here. So, like, I started powerlifting, and then I'm like, I've got these coaches being like, what'd you have for lunch today? And I'm like, oh, I had a, you know, salad, and, like, I had, like, some chicken, whatever. And he's like, fuck that. Go get, like, three hamburgers. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I yeah. can't do that. Like, yeah. in, like, I know I shouldn't do that. Right. And he's like, trust me, like, if you're going to lift this much weight, you got to feed your body. And I was like, I don't know, dude. He's like, look, just trust me. Do it, for, like, feel weird, do it for like, do it for a couple months. Yeah. He was like, and just see. And like, it got to a point where like, I'm like, like before I work out every day, I drink a quart of chocolate milk. Jesus. Because your body, like we're lifting so much weight. Your body burns so many calories per lift. Yeah. That yeah. like, if you don't have that, like if you yeah. go into it, whether you're like your tank empty, you just burn muscle and fat off your yeah. body. And like, that's well, what, what do you I'll weigh? Eat. What are you sitting at as I a read, power I weigh, lifter? I weigh 335 right now. You literally, literally yeah.
0: weigh t- over twice what I do yeah. right now. I just clocked yeah. in at 155. <laughs> yeah, dude. Which is, a lot. which is insane. But also, yeah, I do have a frame that's not necessarily... I don't think I'm meant to be like skinny, skinny. But I, I was always plump. And I know it's just because I was a lazy little kid who ate too much candy. Yeah. And I grew up with this body that kind of became my body shape and kind of stuck there. But it's <laughs> not really... You know, it doesn't, it never really felt like too right. Especially as a tree climber, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. But I realized I just ate too much. I would eat a bag of chips every night because I was a pothead or whatever, you know? And I just, peanut M&Ms are like my big crux. I can eat bowls and bowls and bowls of the fucking thing.
1: That's, you know, like that's been like a big, like weed's been a big help with like powerlifting. Because like I literally, like when I first started, especially, I couldn't eat enough food. Like it made me feel like shit like to eat the amount of food that like they needed me to eat. I would like get done and like, and I'd be like, I can't fucking eat anymore. And like, I would go and smoke and like wait a little bit and I get hungry again. And it like helped me like process through yeah, the food. Yeah, and I was absolutely. like, and then come to find out, that's like a thing. Like a lot of power do like they smoke weed to like help them get the like cravings to want to consume Dude, I'm more. at the
0: point now, it's I just got crazy. a new batch and it, it, it's pretty bad for the munchies, but I'm at a point where I'm not <laughs> trying to be having the munchies right now. Yeah and it's 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 fucking torture but see what i did was i was at 185 i dropped down to where i am right now 155 you're fucking um so what's that 30 pounds yeah i dropped 30 pounds and i've pretty much dropped the weight now but now i want to cut it now i want to like really just make it hard right like brad pitt fight club is where i'm going people don't believe me even my mom yesterday was like you look sickly like you don't look good and i was like (laughs) fucking Brad Pitt fight club. I ain't stop until I reach it. She was like laughing at me. And I was like, you doubt me woman. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, you know, but either way, uh, yeah. So I'm on a totally different thing where I'm just trying to be pure high protein, but like chicken and lean stuff and like, yeah. you know, just to like get rid of that body fat and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. the power lifting amazes me because I've been doing a little lifting, just trying to, yeah. you know, just little 10 pound, like bicep curls, sure, and yeah. this and that. But when I see you pulling that shit, man, like, (laughs) how do you even, like, I don't understand how your back is not just wrecked. How does it not just snap in half from all that weight? I don't, like, I get you got big, strong arms, a big, strong chest. I can lift up the big weight, but how the human spine is able to sustain lifting that amount of weight,
1: I just, I don't even comprehend. It's like like a system, you know what I mean? Like, like everybody like in like thinks it's like just like oh like you work out and like get buff whatever like a lot of the powerlifting like core mechanics is that is like creating this like bound system through your whole body right so like it's not just about being strong and like looking buff or whatever it's about creating strength that starts in your feet and like all the way up your back because that's where like 90 percent of it takes like and so all of our like workouts are very like accessory based. So everything we do, like when you go in there, everybody expects you to just go into powerlifting, lift a bunch of heavy weight and be done. Like right. 90% of it is like, we go through eight week cycles of you drop down, you do like very little weight a lot of times. And then every week it kind of goes up. So you start with like six sets of six then you go five sets of five, four, four, three, three, two, two, until like you're doing ones and then you start over. So it basically creates like a tension in your body that gets worse and worse and worse, worse. And then you relieve, and when you go back to that, like re- that relief stage of like, you go back to six by six, with like less weight, then your body's right. like, Oh, I can relax. I stressed myself out. Now I can repair to get ready for the next big thing. and like the next right. big thing. It's very right. like cyclical. So right. like people will go into a gym and like lift a bunch of heavy shit. And just try to like, Oh, I'm just going to see how much I can lift. And like, and that's where people get hurt. Like you have to be willing to like, go into a gym and feel comfortable. That's how
0: I've done my whole workout routine that I've put together, man, is just like a lot, a little, a lot, you know, and just work your way to it. But even like, what was that famous video? What about that famous video of that one? Remember that one guy who was like when he power lifted and his like shin, like
1: just broke in half or something. I mean, a lot of that stuff happened. I mean, that happens a lot. Yeah. It happens to a lot of people. Like when you, when you get into like lifting this much weight, like, Injury is almost like inevitable. Like a lot of people, I mean, I work with, I work out with people every day that they pass out every day. Every wow, day. Wow, that can't be healthy. So we did a, com- I mean, there's it, not really, I mean, it's not, it's not the best thing for you, but it's not just necessarily unhealthy. Like, right. so, so like we did we had a competition two days ago. And these guys were going at each other and like you got, you could see like when they got to a certain place, like they couldn't quite get the weight up and their body was so strained that it you just black out. And and this guy, just the weight drops and you just kind of like hit the ground. Wow. And two seconds later, boom, you're back too. And you're like, holy fuck. But when you're lifting like, you know, you lifting a thousand pounds, people's legs are going to shatter. Like people are going to shit themselves. They're going to get hernias. Like like everybody, <laughs> it's a lot that's fucking great like you know you get nosebleeds like i saw a guy pop a bunch of blood vessels in his eyes like and he got had like blood what? coming out of the corners of his eyes like it's a lot Bleed out he, your ears the, and shit like right bah. the people in this fucking <laughs> in, like the people in this wow. community wow really don't give a fuck they wow. really just like fuck wow. you i'm getting this weight up. like yeah yeah, like Are we have familiar? a we have a saying at our gym. We have a saying at our gym: no stains, no gains. Right, like, <laughs> nice. If you ain't <laughs> yeah. you yeah. shitting your pants on the you lift, you ain't lifting them or up. Piss like, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Are
0: you familiar with Fearless Fred Kennedy? What? Fearless Fred. Uh, he's actually no. going to have a new book, I believe, still coming from Source Point. Um, he's a comic I book know. writer out here, and he's I also on the amazed. radio. He's a radio personality out here on Q one hundred seven. Fearless Fred fearless fred kennedy man so he's a radio dj he was a host of the cartoon network on tv and he's uh, but he's big in the local community because he's a writer okay. he had a comic with chapter house called the fourth planet it was absolutely i've in- heard of that yeah it's insanely good okay but uh, he's got a new book that uh, i don't know what the quarantine has done to the situation but yeah. uh, coming from source point press uh called warpath and uh you know some cool stuff Well, anyways i think uh, i heard of that Fred is a big fitness guy. Right. And he goes okay. to a gym with another friend of mine, a comic book writer, Dave Bishop. They go to a gym called train like heroes. Yeah. And it's just all these like crazy positive, like super motivational fucking yeah. people trying to like work, work out as hard as they can. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I've, I've chatted with him here and there and he's been throwing me little, he like, he actually turned me on to hit exercises yeah, and yeah. stuff. And, uh, you know, like, interval yeah, and he's also been releasing these little like five minute workout videos every day during quarantine You should yeah. check them out. They're funny. He's fun And uh, but yeah, so he's been kind of like my you know, i have been going to him for tips here and there and he's helped me tons like build this It's just a tiny simple little workout. Yeah, but, little you know, slow. and he's just been so motivational about it Like when you have a chat group chat with like three little three guys or whatever just being like, you fucking killed it. You get be fucking shredded. and just fucking feel We do like you know. It,
1: you, it, we look like fucking idiots, like in the gym, like when we get ready, like especially like especially like PR day, like when you're going into like trying to get a record or you're trying to like break your one rep max or whatever. Like we act like fucking hooligans. Like I mean, it's very like we like every. It's it's really like motivational. Like I can't like lift now like without people there like too because it's so like positive and and it, like regardless of like whether they're right. he- physically helping you it helps like i have gotten like crazy like you know one rep maxes and stuff just on people like being there screaming in your face like like you know motivating you to do more 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 and like i started who-
0: talking to myself like yeah. i'll be like three away and literally out loud be like just fucking do it <laughs> Like have you, there, se- have you that seen much, that much but being like come on and i'll find myself like literally like in the middle of jumping jacks being like come on
1: you know, and you can bust out those last. There's a famous, there's a famous bodybuilder called. Uh, I think he's it's, it's like his name's like C J something. I can never remember his last name. He's this just huge black dude, and he talks to his biceps as he lifts. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I command you to grow, motherfucker! <laughs> like he's like yelling at it as he. And this dude is just fucking jacked like so insane and i'm like dude if i was in the gym and i saw this massively shredded dude yelling at his biceps like to grow motherfucker grow i would fucking leave it's, it's the most terrifying shit i've ever seen that's great yeah, that's
0: fantastic. And right when I would join a gym, they fucking everything's all has to be right? closed down. All the you need is burpees, bur- bro. For what you want, no, you fuck burpees. burpees. He's been Fred's been pushing me on burpees, and I'm like, fuck burpees, but burpees, burpees. is He's the like greatest. Well, here's the problem with me is yeah. I have to stay very low impact because I have a degenerated disc at yeah. the very bottom of my spine. When okay. I wake up in the morning, like twenty years of tree climbing, my back is just a mangled yeah. mess of a wreck. Right. So, when I wake up in the morning, I literally can't bend over. I can kind of bend yeah. over sideways like this, but it takes me a good half hour of kind of small stretching before I can actually get to a point where I can bend over. So, the, the, the exercises I want to be doing right now crunches, mountain climbers, burpees, sit ups yeah. are the ones I can't do in the morning unless I wait an hour and stretch it out. So, that's been like my See, biggest the good hurdle. thing, though, about all yeah. those
1: workouts is that they all are able to be scaled. So, like, yes. I'm the same way. So, I have I have a fake knee. I, I have really big problems with, with you know, high-impact stuff on my legs. Right. So, the good thing about burpees, you don't have to, like, do the jump down to, like, do the impact. Like, you can, you know, you can put your hands in. down, yeah. walk it back, yeah. do the push-up, walk it back in. Yeah. Like, there's always, like, scaled ways to, like, do that stuff. So, don't, yeah. don't try to cop out.
0: No, no. I mean, well, you know, I really enjoy the jumping jacks, believe it or not. Yeah. Simple. Jacks you know, yeah. and I do every minute on the minute. That's what Fred recommended. He's like, that yeah. shit works, dude. So I do like as hard as I can jumping jacks for a minute and then I stop and kind of, I'm usually listening to ska for jumping jacks, like, <laughs> like, like, like poppy ska, <laughs> right? So like rancid is my usual like That's jumping funny. jack music. So I put yeah. like, you know, and you're going. Yeah. And then when you have your minute off, you kind of, you know, just keep moving a bit,
1: right? It's all like just. keep on working keep on moving yeah Yeah. the thing the thing i really enjoy is jump rope i like jump rope is a really easy thing to do like and it keeps you entertained because you're like doing something you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah you're
1: focusing on like keeping it going so it's almost like distracts you from the fact that you're doing you know what i've been
0: using aaron has an old tony little gazelle glider Remember Tony Little and the No, gazelle- but that's
1: the most fucking <laughs> Canadian sounding shit I've ever heard in my life. I don't know life.
0: if it was Canadian.
1: Was it Canadian? Tony Little anybody else? Anybody out there watching right now <laughs>
0: don't, trying to find don't you it. Try that, uh, He was like one of those fitness Tony Little, like, Gazelle uh,
1: glider. Like oh, QVC
0: so. type guys, you know, he had all the workout video but he had this glider machine. And it's it it has no resistance, so you got to go half an hour just to like get a drop of sweat going, unless you like <laughs> really fucking give her. But at least it it does beat. Like if it's a rainy day, I'll just spend an hour on it instead of, you know, walking in the rain yeah. or whatever. But uh, people, I'm telling you, you got to get you know you got to get fit out there and get off your fucking asses and do. You don't a have to get fit. Just learn on. to
1: lift heavy shit. You'll be all right.
0: <laughs> unless you want to go the Bruce Lee route because I'm just yeah. trying to re- I mean, rid my only, body only... of all its body fat. Like Drina Joe wonderful yeah. wonderful editor drina joe source point yeah. editor just pointed out she says jay get those hip muscles and yeah. i just once like, in my life little- once in my life i want to have them them hip lines right oh like, that's so overrated bro. just once no no no
1: you ask lady. I, I had them i had them i was in the army and they didn't do anything for me
0: well that's probably because you were in the army surrounded by that's probably true dudes and shit you
1: know what i don't know about you shit what (laughs) there's like the army is like more rampant with like like cheating and divorces and stuff than like any other place what is the ratio like how many dudes to dudettes in the in the army yeah i don't know like I, i don't know if there's an actual statistic on it but i would say like what did it feel like it felt like probably like 60 40 really yeah that it was pretty many, balanced
0: wow i would have guessed more like 37
1: i mean it kind of depends where you are too like because like obviously like yeah. back when i was in like the army was still kind of like prejudiced and like like there was like male mos's and like yeah. you know like women jobs and men jobs like oh we couldn't be combat like women couldn't be in combat and shit and so like Bullshit. i mean some some places you go like you know it would be more like male centric but right, like i worked in the intelligence community and like Right, we probably some of the units I was in there was more women than men. Like, yeah, 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 than right, like, right. You were
0: more of a cyber so, warrior, right, or a spy warrior? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Drina Joe says that you need to hush your mouth because they are not overrated. Well, I don't even Those remember hip what muscles. I said was overrated. The hip muscles. Oh, so they were, yeah, yeah. Gina, Drina knows better. She knows best. No, so no. listen, while well, uh, the one thing I don't know about you, because okay. uh, I know a fair amount about you since your adventures okay. in the army is pre-army um oh where you, where you grew up all that kind of crap give me the origin story man that's not really a Where's lot
1: to it bro like i I, I was born in l a uh I was born well like a suburb of l a called riverside um i i was i grew up there until I was like five or six uh my dad my dad worked for a big company a big air research company that was like a contractor of nasa um he was cool. like um <laughs> He like he, he he was in charge of like um he was a, a buying like a purchaser for right. like an aerospace company so he was in charge of like you know he was a government contractor that would like buy the parts for NASA to use to build space shuttles right. I got you yeah. so uh and like so like we moved a lot when I was younger and then uh, my dad quit all that and was just like I'm gonna go like be a landscape maintenance person like out of nowhere like I'm gonna go like mow lawns and shit and I was like all right like at the time i, mean, I was like six so it's like i didn't i was like whatever sure you yeah. can go from like working in aerospace to like being working on lawns <laughs> so like after like when that kind of happened like we moved to northern california um my my grandfather what's up dude oh that's my four-year-old like he tries to like finagle uh, his way into stuff hey come on I, in by, man my kids by saying so like we'll oh i love you now. that's his like way to like finagle oh. his way into stuff how you doing bud He said what's up you say hi. 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 <laughs> you can go hang out, with mommy. Mm, yeah.
0: He's fascinating. Okay. All get right. used to it, kid. Take a good look. This is how you're gonna know all your people from now on.
1: <laughs> well you shut the door. This is how
0: he's face? gonna communicate with the with the world as he grows up, man. You better yeah. get used to it
1: they uh so like my grandfather like gave my parents like some property he lived like out in the fucking weeds in northern california he was like if you guys want to move up here and get away from that city lifestyle i'll give you some free land and my parents were like okay and like we like moved to the fucking boonies and like as like a seven eight year old fucking sucked dude like yeah i'll bet yeah. like yeah. No, all my friends I went from to school. And and I was like, well, yeah. and like I went to school with these kids that like were in town. Like I had to go forty five minutes to go to school. Well, so how like, old did you say that was? Eight or nine? I was like seven or eight. Okay, yeah. Like when like I was nine, out. I had to move cities. So yeah, yeah. I feel you. But yeah. it was like we went from like, oh, you like live next door to people, like can play with people, like to. I have to convince my friend's parents to like drive 45 minutes to come to my house. Like no one, I would not fucking drive my kid 45 minutes to go hang out with some fucking kid. Right. right, hundred percent. So I don't, now I don't blame them. Now that I'm a parent, I'm like, hey, you're damn right. Right. Fuck. Bro. Yeah, um, But like back then I was like, God, that fucking sucks. So it was just like me by myself in the fucking woods, like writing quads and like, hurting myself for like catching animals I probably shouldn't have caught like doing all kinds of dumb shit like because there's the like nobody to watch with, it.
0: like with like tails like animal tails like str-
1: it's like where the fucking wild things you. are bro it's fucking Pure crazy Daryl walking I remember, dead hunter shit <laughs> I remember there was one kid that lived down the street from me and it he went and we went to like the back of our property and there's like this like nice little creek that came through my parents' property and shit. So we hike up in this fucking mountain, like in this cavern, like this like this like massive like canyon thing where it's like really slow, like really steep and like wet and like just like sharp rock. And we're like going through climbing shit and we're like, wow, let's catch all these fucking salamanders because these are fucking dope. because like, like bright colors and shit. So we catch all these salamanders and we come back, we bring them back to the house, to, like show my parents, <laughs> and all this shit. Come to find out <laughs> if these fucking salamanders are like, super poisonous What? like yeah, it's like it's called like a california newt so like we caught all these fucking newts and these salamanders and shit and like what like the california newt is like super poisonous Like, can fucking kill you and like and we like had a bucket of them we're oh, like look God. at all these cool things we found like <laughs> i don't know how i fucking made it past 12 like it's so fucking crazy oh um, that's, that's great so that's right. like it like I, I mean like i was raised in that environment so i was probably like What'd you do Four. in
0: high school? Were you an artsy kid? Were you playing and, football? You know, I was a fucking nerd. I
1: got my fucking ass kicked all the time. Fucking suck. So when did you become a beast? Like, how did that was appear? The
0: army, like, the army, the army, Why the army? Why? How'd the army happen? Uh, I you did get the out of army. high
1: school and have nothing to do, and go so to I I left high school. And I didn't really like know what I wanted to do because I never really like, I, you know, I had like kids, I went to school, like friends that were like, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And I'm like, this shit sounds so goddamn boring. It's so dumb. Like I spent my entire education, educational career, like getting yelled at by teachers for like not paying attention or like Garrett lets his imagination get the best of him or Garrett won't stop talking or like Garrett's a distract constant distraction to others. Doesn't it just make a, Doesn't it just explain so much? Right. You like them. (laughs) So I like when I got out of high school, I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, I don't fucking know what I'm gonna do. This is crazy. So I come from a long line of like military people in my family. So my dad was in Vietnam, my grandfather was in World War II, my great grandfather was in World War One. Wow. Like everybody, yeah, like my grandfather is like a really highly decorated World War II veteran. Um, and so I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go in the army and that'll be something to like, give me something to do until I figured out what I'm going to do in my life. And uh, I, at that point I was like, I was engaged to my wife and I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to join the army. And she was like, the fuck you are. And I was like, I want to do it. I think it'll be awesome, whatever. And, and she was like, if you're going to join the army, you got to do something like that's safe first of all, the army doesn't give a fuck what you want. Like, if you could be in a safe job, I was deployed and saw more action than people I know that are infantry. Like, I know dudes, I got friends that were infantry that are like, fuck you and your combat badge, dude. That's bullshit. Like, I didn't get to see shit. So like, she told me, she was like, you got to sign up for a safe job. So I told my recruiter that because I was young and stupid. My wife wants me to have a safe job. So uh, he was like, we'll make you intel. I was like, all right. Sure. sure sounds good i'll be radar. So, like they sent me they sent me away i went to school like learned to be like an intelligence analyst and shit and i remember like when we were finishing our training and we were getting like everybody's getting their orders like they're reading off everybody they're like you know oh specialist so-and-so you're going here and private so-and-so you're going here or whatever and like all these people i'm hearing like alaska hawaii oh, all this shit. cool shit like like uh you know maryland all this shit and i'm all oh fuck dude like where is that like where am i gonna go whatever and they're all Private gun, Fort Hood, Texas. Oh. And I was all, oh, what? And yeah. this, I swear to God, one of my teachers who was from Fort Hood was all, I hope you like Afghanistan, bro. That was all he said. And I was like, "What? Well, okay. Uh, I don't know what's going on. So, I we went there. I was, only at, I was only at Fort Hood for like three months before I deployed. Wow. I showed up. They were all, just so you know, we're getting ready to deploy. So, be ready. I was wow. like, <laughs> okay. Crazy, oh, Rachel, man. I told my wife and she was like, God damn it! <laughs> well, I was like, "That's that safe job, bro."
0: Right, right. Nice. Well, you made it through. You're here. You're yeah. alive and semi with it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of there. You can't. You got most of your marbles, right? Yeah, uh, you know,
1: it's a it's a pretty it's empty bag. Smoke but,
0: going on but, up in there. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: No, there must be there must be a few trinkets and treasures going on up there. I know how to of, fake it uh, pretty well. Let's put it. You that know, way. you make some real fun uh, comic books. Shall we talk about? some uh, comic books and stuff. Yes. Uh, we cause you make comic books. books. Now I'm starting to also get confused about your library. Oh God. Cause your library is getting extensive with <laughs> what you're working on. And okay. here's here. I'm going to be honest. Like I know it's great for business. and People love it. And, but when you're in the situation that I am, it's very, very hard to keep straight working for a company who puts out more variant covers than possibly any other publication in history. And that confuses me as to series and premieres and previews, because there are so many different covers of so many different issues going on. And you are one of these culprits where you just, you love (laughs) this shit. You absolutely love shit. And you are one of those writers who is an extreme fan of the art. You are an artist yourself um you love to draw you've got a few skills but you just you I, you're just such a huge fan of the people you work with and the people that do things for you so let's start from the beginning okay start at the very very start and go through oh, your library God. start giving me your titles and let's see what you've accomplished and what's oh, coming
1: and God. clear up clear it up for me Garrett you want you want me to go like all the way back like my all the first book, man yeah fucking christ all right so <laughs> I wrote a book, my very first comic I ever wrote was called Days to Come. Okay? okay, Days to Come. It's such an unoriginal title and I it was like my, like, oh, I'm going to make a cool comic. It <laughs> was fucking ass. It was so fucking bad. I remember I actually burned. Like, I found, like, I was going through my storage unit like, like a year and a half ago and I found, like, 200 copies of the first book and I was oh all, my God. I dumped it. I like burned it with a bunch yeah. of shit. I was clearing on my property. I just like got rid of it. I all, no one needs to see this. What was this it about? Uh, fucking goddamn it, dude. So it was like, it followed this guy who like was kind of like living in the apocalypse. Like basically there had been, there had been this, <laughs> this is so dumb. It, it feels it, like I, like this is how bad it is. I'm like embarrassed to tell you about this book. So <clears throat> uh, basically it follows this guy who, uh, has this like dog, like they're like, they're like partners in like the apocalypse. And you like, you find out that basically like there was like a nuclear fallout on earth and, uh, like nothing, like basically nothing survived. Like, you know, they always say like cockroaches are like the only thing that will survive like a nuclear blast. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so basically the world had basically just been destroyed and the only thing that had been living were these like insect creatures that were, you know, this, the radiation from this fallout and everything had, like, mutated these bugs into, like, this, like, species that was ruling the Earth. Um, but there was, like, some humans, like, some weird, like, people that were kind of, like, mutated humans that had survived as well. And you kind of found out that, like, the reason they survived is that there was like this lab where like this guy was like experimenting like some like you know like uh, genetic like re- reconstruction like formula and he was like testing it on body parts that he could like steal from a morgue and so like he was like injecting these body parts trying to see if he could get them to like regrow parts of their body um and like the radiation from this fallout like mixed with the genetic stuff he was doing and like basically formed them back into people but like better versions of themselves so you had like these characters like living in the apocalypse over like all these insects, all this crazy. It was like Planet of the Apes, bro. It was Planet of the Apes with fucking bugs, but like somehow it was just terrible. Like it was just the worst. I still I want to read it now. Oh, it was did so you it bad. out through anybody or was it pure self? It came or? out through a company called Insane Comics. Insane. That sounds familiar. It was a very small little fucking publisher. Like, what's funny is I made the first book, and I was like, "All right, I made a comic. I did it." all right, cool. And then a publisher saw it online and was like, Hey, you know, I publish this. And I was like, sure. Why not? So I gave it to them and they started selling the first copy. They like brought me out to a convention and shit. And nice. that was like, so weird. And then they were like, we need a second one. And I was all, I didn't. Was that this.
0: your first convention then too?
1: Yeah. It was my first convention. Wow. And like, it was like in Illinois somewhere, like some backwoods fucking Illinois convention. And it was like at a, like a farmer's market thing. It was so weird. But um, they were like, we need a sequel. And I was like, uh, okay, fuck. I didn't think this through. So then I like, I wrote four issues of this book
0: right. and they
1: continued to put this book out. And then number five was supposed to come out, which was supposed to be like the last issue. And I couldn't bring myself to make it. I was like, this really? is fucking, it was so bad. Really and like, what's funny is that was the first thing I worked on Stan yak with. Like, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So Stan started drawing Stan uh, the first, yak art and it was, so the first, understand. the first two issues were done by a guy from South America, um, who I really liked uh, his art and stuff. The third issue was done by a local buddy of yours, Evan Quiring, who's from Canada. Uh, he's part of like Scattered Comics and a bunch of nice. stuff. Nice. I though.
0: like how anywhere in Canada is you yeah,
1: you just Yeah, you guys are all the fucking me. same, right? That's like it's one really giant the second biggest country in the world. Other. I'm sure he's ah, right down the street. Maybe logistically, but like, really? Come on. Like, every <laughs> time I meet a fucking Canadian, they're like, oh, yeah, you mean that person over there? I know them. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> It's like, uh, fucking, you guys all fucking know each other. So a yeah, uh, dude from Canada, yeah. Evan Quiring, who's a super I talented artist. He, he, uh, he works for Scattered Comics now. Um, cool. he, he did the third issue. And then when I did the fourth, I was like, hey, I want to like do like, I'm going to bring in like, you know, somebody that was closer to because Evan was kind of cartoony compared to the earlier stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to like more of a gritty style. So I, I met this guy named Stan Yak on Facebook. And I was like, he does cool art? Sure. And so like we made book four. And then we were about to make book five and I was like, I can't do this anymore. It is book fucking sucks. Dude. Stan, ugh, and had, Stan did great things on that book. It, it was so good. He
0: does great things. Whenever he puts anything to paper, man, he yeah. is such a fucking phenomenal talent that it amazes me. Cause yeah. I remember him from nine plus maybe years ago on Twitter and stuff yeah. and seeing this mad Russian dude just drawing the sickest <laughs> fucking art. And wondering how the hell is this guy not huge? Yeah. And all these years later, he's now the the jewel of of Source Point where everybody (laughs) wants to work with him. He's doing so much. He's a big ball of confusion. He's doing variants for everybody and covers for everybody, his own books. And uh he's just he's just doing such such incredible work. like especially broken gargoyles. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god. They
1: did really good on that.
0: So he's finally coming out and it's such a cool thing that it just happens to be source point press that has been finally being the ones smart enough to realize the fucking talent this guy has. Like, you know, whether he's drawn something that's already out there or his own unique characters, it's just a, it's another level, man. And broken gargoyles like Bob really knocked it out of the park. He found a balance he's never had before where he just wrote this beautiful story perfect Yo. amount of dialogue i love the pacing i love the mood yeah.
1: uh, just it's just i think it's i'm sure 90 of the success of that book has to do with
0: drina but I, drina <laughs> no drina like you know drina's influence on that book it. because uh, no the way bob could not express how much of a joy it was to work with her on that
1: yeah he could I'm sure not give I'm, her working, I'm working i work with her right man. now yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well i guess you're experiencing it too you know and everybody yeah. who works with her just they can't say uh, enough wonderful things. And, you know, yeah. and she, she knows how to handle her boys. She knows how to keep you fuckers yeah. in line. Fucking you know what I mean? and keep witch, your shit straight, man. I know yeah. it.
1: So we move on from that. What's the next book? Uh, so the next book I made was called, was originally called The Battle for Bedtime, uh, later retitled The Fear Diaries. Um, and it was also a super unoriginal book um, that was basically like about stuffed animals, like fighting nightmares. Um, that was like, I made that one when I was like, I was on like book three of Frank or of Frank of uh, days to come. And I was like, Oh, I need to like make something that's like, not that's less mature. So like, I'll make this thing. Like, here's a, here's a cool, like, I'll do this. So I made the fear diaries. Um That was later published by alterna. Oh yeah. Also known as the publisher, we shall not name. <laughs> um <laughs> uh the fucking Voldemort of indie comics. Get your um, newsprint. Get your newsprint here. <laughs> oh my god. Um so I did that and then uh when I was working on uh, fear diaries, I started writing a book called Go West. Um Go West was uh something that like it, it was, it was the first time I had like tried to do something that was very serious. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no, no humor, no, like no right. angles, no like weird, like anything. Uh, it was based around uh, some like complex mental health issues that I had from the army um, that were kind of like, that book was kind of meant to be uh the personification of uh, the, the realization of like how I felt when I was deployed. Like there were moments like I was like I'm not going to see my wife and kid ever again. Oh, shit. Dude. Like that's not going to happen. Like I'm going to fucking die here today. Oh, and like having that like thought in your mind, like your mind goes to like some dark places. And so I wrote that book around the idea of like you have a guy who is just trying to like make like a good living for like his family. He wants to like you know. There's something he's good. Like the army was the first time I had ever done done anything that like I was like, damn, I'm good at this. Like as far as like intelligence analysis and like and like just everything about being in the army, I was like, I I was promoted ahead of my peers a lot. Like I made sergeant really fast. Like every time I was in a unit, people were like, people were like, yeah, guns squared away. Like that's like it was the first job I had that I was like, I'm fucking good at this. So like, that's this guy, this guy is kind of like gets in with this outlaw organization and he's like really fucking good at his job. And then he's just like, he realizes that being in this organization is kind of like having a toll on his like marriage and his personality and his like, you know, mental health and stuff. So he tries to walk away, tries to go like full John Wick, right? Like I'm done with this business. Um, takes his family like moves out of this like outlaw territory to like the safe zone, um. But there's some people that kind of were in the organization that don't really aren't happy that he left uh, because he kind of left like a vacuum like in this organization that was like basically filled by shitty people. Um, So they order like a hit on him. They're like, did you write John Wick before John Wick? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it definitely came out before John Wick. Um, So they, they kind of like, you know, they're like, he knows too much. If he's not going to be a part of this, like we can't let him like go live this peaceful life. Like he, he's been way too involved in all this shit. So they put a hit out on, on this guy, then the main character Arthur Slade and uh, and when they show up at his house, he's not there, but his wife and kid are, and they kind of kill, they kill his wife and kid to like send a message and oh, this yeah. guy, so this guy's like, fine, like you want to fucking kill my family, like that's cool. I'll come back to this lifestyle right now. And like this whole book is just him about him going west to try to find the man that like killed his wife and kid. Um, and it's it's it was fucking intense, man. It was really like some dark shit. I I, I threw yeah. a lot of like like uh, western tropes and like like spaghetti western like like cliche bullshit in there. Like I remember like I, I got it got really good. Re- I mean it it was the most successful book I've ever made. Like, oh, really? Alter- Alterna sold 20,000 copies of it. Holy like, shit. We sold a lot of copies. Right. And like, it, it did very well. Um, How have I we not got, heard of this? We got very good reviews. We got one negative review. I only got one, Ever got one bad review for that book. And the, the person said, this book is so cliche. Like every fucking Western trope is in this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's the fucking point. Right. Like it's supposed to feel like a fucking cliche western. Like right right. It's you know because it was like a futuristic western. Like he drives a motorcycle instead of like riding, you know, like steel steel horse, right? Like of course, like yeah. all this kind of shit like was all in there on purpose. And that was right. like the only bad review we ever got. And I really really enjoyed that book. I I'm pretty sure Sourcepoint's going to put it out now. Going to reboot. Oh nice. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to read it, you know. It's uh it, it, it was a lot. It was a really heavy book to write. It was a lot of fun. Uh it was done as one graphic novel. Um, but they had split up Alterna split it up into four pieces to like newsprint it. Um uh-huh, uh-huh, but yeah, it was uh-huh, it was a uh-huh. lot of fun to work on. And then I pulled it from Alterno when all that bullshit happened. Right. Um but yeah, it's it was a really fun book. So that's go west was what that was. And that was all Stan right. Yak. That was like the the next big that thing. was like, Stan, Stan, Stan and I did that. I and did it miss was all this. It was, a dude, Stan and I have worked together a lot. So, what's next? What's next? Uh, So, after Go West. How many next um, are
0: there? Are there too many to actually do this? I didn't didn't think you'd be going on for dozens and dozens of books. Bro, I mean,
1: I think I've done How many titles you got? 15, I think.
0: Oh, Jesus. We're not going to go through 15 goddamn.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot, dude. Like, I'll just, I'll go through them quick. So, like, um, right after that, I started writing a book called Sherman and Ghost uh okay. later retitled franklin and ghost
0: dude i thought you'd done um, like seven or eight titles
1: yeah it's a lot my, i, I so,
0: apologize for my, no. my ignorance of your fucking dude no
1: some of those motherfuckers i try to sweep under the rug i'm like <laughs> nobody needs to see this again uh <laughs> right i i i did so i did Franklin. that's when i started working on franklin and ghost um i did uh a fucking oh my god dude after that i did um fuck dude there's so many i'm like losing track i usually have them like on my fucking rack here um god so damn i did box so that i did box masters yes box uh, masters. for billy bob and them uh and at he, that point yeah, when I he does box, he
0: does in fact this is the part we always have to do it. it's too exciting you fucked yourself by having this relationship but he just glosses over being like billy bob that's the comic <laughs> he made for billy bob thornton <laughs> yeah in his band it's called the box masters i'm right which has sequel led right now. which has oh really there's gonna be more yeah sweet yeah. Uh, that led to Billy Bob being also one of the voices in Franklin and Ghost with Sean Schemmel. So that's how that comes around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So you do the Box Masters, which So we did the Box Masters, and that was that was my that was my introduction to Source Point. Right. Is I had this book that Billy was a part of and I was working on it. And I needed a publisher that had experience with like working with like celebrity talent and like other stuff. Like I talked to, like when I pitched that book originally, I talked to the people in American mythology cause they were doing like the three stooges and like a bunch of that hatchet and stuff like that. Oh yeah, cool. um, I talked to them. I talked to some other publishers, dynamite, a bunch of people. Um, but Bob had told me like, Hey, you should check out source point. Like source doing good shit. Like they've got experience doing this kind of things, you know, doing other stuff. So you should pitch that. And I yeah. got Boxmasters to with source point and then they helped me get Franklin and ghost away from the, the first publisher I had and bring right. it to source point.
0: Um,
1: and then like after that, I mean, I did a book called terror uh, I did yeah, ter- that one. I'm familiar with. Yeah. Terror sores. <laughs> I, uh, I did um, a book called calamity with um, uh, that was part of the source point presents um yeah, yeah yeah i did beardzilla which was part of source point presents which is still like an ongoing right. uh, book uh, i did some stories for infinite punishment which was a uh book made by Trom, my buddy who passed away last year um uh, i did like the opening story for that i did uh i just continued to do franklin a ghost books uh, we've done right. four now right. um and then Warcorns. um after war corns i did uh the ones that we've got this right is where now. it gets
0: fuzzy for me yeah okay this is with yeah. the beginning of war corns because yeah. franklin and ghost it's a weird thing what you did here it shows just your yeah. creative the way your creative juice flows yeah is is franklin and ghost is it's taking off it's doing great you know it's it's doing well you got this new announcement this great you know a bunch of people making this goddamn cartoon And things are fantastic. Just when you think you're about to just sink every last ounce of blood, sweat, and tears you've got into making Franklin and Ghost happens, you see a pretty shiny thing called Warcorns, and you go running after it. (laughs) And you go nuts. And you're obviously having a a fucking blast with this book. You love this title. It's evident. There's so much joy in you when you see new things about it so it's gotten there's been so much done with it in such a short amount
1: of time so explain to me the world and you know so so i kind of i had this like you know i had this realization like when i worked on franklin the ghost of like as i were i, I wanted to sink everything into franklin the ghost but i also didn't want to just i'm not a person that could do one task like do one thing over and over and over and over and, over. and so yeah. like i wanted to write other characters and I was like, but how can I like work that into, you know, I want to put a lot of energy into Franklin the Ghost. so how can I take the characters that I want to write these? I mean, on my computer at any given time, there's like 30 treatments that I've written for like different, like it, some are just, some are just an idea. Some are like a full synopsis. Some are like a first issue of a book, like things that I just get in my mind and I'm like, I need to write this. And so right. like, I'm constantly looking for like ways to bring those things into things I'm already working on. So with Warcorns, I was like, this is very easy. Like, it's so ridiculous that it fits the, the mo- like the model of Franklin and Ghost. So I was like, I can bring Warcorns into Franklin and Ghost and that'll allow me to be able to write different characters, but then still be in this universe. So I started to build a, a universe around Franklin and Ghost of what are the other characters I can have live in here with me. And that's where Warcorns kind of spawned of like, well, obviously, in this world where there's, like, robot, like, you know, a robot police force and, like, all this other shit, sure, there's a fucking planet of fucking horses that, like, become Pegasus and, and unicorns, like, that are, like, special forces fucking, you know, combat unicorns. Um it's such so, a like, party of a comic book, man. It's, it's- really ridiculous. Like it, and and you know, I knew I, I wasn't sure how good Warcorns would do. Like I knew it would, I knew people would like it, but I was like, you know, how much are people gonna want this? I was like, so I'm just gonna do a little one-shot, just a cool thing, like a little tie-in. If you've read Franklin and Ghost, like you could read this little one shot and and it's a cool thing to like add to the story. Like it helps build. And so like I did the first issue. It was fucking It went fucking crazy. And I swear to God, like by no exaggeration, every fucking day I get people asking me, when are we going to get more Warcorns? When are we going to get more Warcorns? When's more Warcorns coming out? Like, where can I buy the next issue of Warcorns? And I'm like, holy fuck. And I made the stupid decision at the end of that fucking book to put the Warcorns will return in 2020, blah, blah, blah. So now everyone's like, fuck yeah, give us more Warcorns, bro. (laughs) <laughs> so, so now so i'm like now fuck. you're now yeah. you're you're obligated yeah
0: to uh to continue but i mean but you it's see, so like, fun really i love do. it you so much it.
1: you do
0: seem to absolutely love it yeah uh, so that right just, right
1: just kind of like built like you know like i i figured out like you know i i knew when i did the first book that i wanted there to be like a big i wanted it to be a big gimmick I wanted people to be like, oh, fuck, dude, these fucking, the other, like the other thing was I wanted them to be so fucking cool. And I wanted them to be like, all of the characters in Warcorns are based on real people I served with in each branch of the military. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And and in the first book, if you buy the first book, there's a thank you in the beginning that says, like, I want to thank these people for having, like, an influence on myself and my military career and, like, my writing career and, like, all these other things. And there's a list of people that are used to create those characters. Like, their personalities, little, like, mannerisms, shit like that. So.
0: I think that's amazing. I
1: knew when I did it, I was like, I need to find a way to, like, make this somehow like a jab at these people because like everybody in the army was like yeah we're so fucking cool and I was like cool dude I'm gonna make you a fucking unicorn and I'm gonna give you like some <laughs> crazy fucking you know like way of like looking or or whatever um and people yeah dude people fucking just like ate it up um I knew I wanted it to be a gimmick because if I didn't make any more I wanted to make sure that people knew uh you know like like i like i wanted i wanted people to be able to read it and be like okay cool like it ends like there's these badass unicorns they're so fucking dope and then we're just going to like kill them all off right like at the end of the book That's and awesome. people people messaged me and they're like are you fucking they all fucking died man what the <laughs> fuck and i'm like yeah but it says they'll be back like clearly they're not dead like like if, if they're going to be back like how can they be dead mm. um so like you know, I immediately, I had already, at that point, I had already been writing more WarHorns. I've I've got four issues, like a four-issue miniseries already written. Um, my artist is, like, working on it right now. Uh, we've got, like, a birthday spectacular planned. Uh, Greg Wright is going to come and, like, co-write a uh, Warcorns one-shot. Oh, movie. that'll be great. Come It'll on. Be, yeah, he's already, he already pitched me the whole idea. I'm writing it, but he's, like, got a very heavy creative, inf- like, creative influence, like, consultation in the book um it, there's it's so much yeah um so there's there's probably like five or six warcorns one shots planned that are already like partially written there's a four issue mini series that starts this fall that's going to be that's going to be available uh it's just all fucking warcorns all the time okay. like i just wanted the first warcorns book to be like an introduction to the characters and like how they are like what they do but yeah it's fucking it's so they're so dumb. I love them so look much. At them. Like they're beautiful. They're like my fucking kids, they're, dude. All like right. I, I love them so much.
0: <laughs> now talk about these guys here.
1: All right. So, uh the big the big Jabroni in the front, uh the blue and purple hair, uh that's Big Sarge. So Big Sarge is uh basically like the representation of the the army. So Inside, uh, Warcorns is built in a universe uh, based around this planet called Equestrian Command. Equestrian Command is a giant planet of horse people. Um, within Equestrian Command, there's only when you like basically become an adult, there's only one of three jobs you go into. Either you become a workhorse, which is just like a logistical, like we do normal jobs where normal people just like, we work in a grocery store, we work in here, we work in there. Then there's like a, like the scholarly elites, which are Pegasus Command. Pegasus command is like, like literally these horses transform, they get selected. It's like a sorting hat from Harry Potter. Like they go to a podium and they're the person's like, hmm, Warcorn, Pegasus command, workhorse. Like, and when that happens, they become either a unicorn, a Pegasus, or just stay a regular horse. So within this Warcorn's division, the, the military force of this planet, there's no branches. It's all just one generic force, but you have like specialties and those specialties are represented by like the traditional branches of the military. So you got big Sarge in the front blue with the purple hair. Who's like the army dude. He's always injured. He's always on profile. Like he's always (laughs) like, he's just like the old cranky vet, like, I'm fucking tired of this. I've been doing this for years. This is bullshit. All these people are morons. Like this fucking sucks. That's all he is. Like that is him. Uh, the the uh, the one that was on the right, uh, the uh, green one with like the sunglasses and the bomber jacket, uh, that is Arrow who's like the, the, you know, he is the representation of the Air Force. So in the, oh, book, he, okay. in, in the book, he is, Uh, I don't get my hands dirty. I stay on the plane. Like I'm a pilot. I'm too fucking cool for you. Like I just, uh, you know, I just get you to the danger. That's all I do. I stay back. I don't do shit. Uh, Which is, you know, all these people are based around huge, massive, like these massive stereotypes in the military. So, you know, you've got like, you know, everybody in the army and and Marines and everybody calls them the chair force because all they do is fight a battle from a desk. Like, So like that's arrow arrow is I'm too cool. I'm Mr. You know, I'm Maverick. Like I just fucking fly the planes. I look cool doing shit kind of dude. Um, (laughs) The guy on the left, uh, the pink with the green hair, uh, that is floater who is, uh, the representation of the Navy. Uh, we had to make sure we gave him the, just the fucking stupidest outfit the Navy's ever had. Um, (laughs) but he basically is like, they're like, he's like a reconnaissance expert. Uh, he, like, basically has to do with, like, any any maritime, like, operations that, we, that they do. Um, but he, we also, he has, like, a, we, we have, like, you know, when he gets wet, a giant, like, rubber ducky inner tube shoots out of his utility belt. Um, just real dumb shit. Yeah. The giant gargantuan of a man that you can't see in the picture because he's so fucking huge uh, is Gunny. So Gunny is the Marine Corps. So he's just the dumbest most fucking knuckle-dragging mouth-breathing moron but he is just a killer the killer of all killers like this man is sick and twisted and just a fucking animal if you scroll down in that campaign you'll see like way better pictures like keep going down you'll see like the the covers and stuff nice there's a coin, yeah. coin yeah.
0: yeah i think keep I'd going down that one?
1: You'll see the, yeah, like, so there's, like, another one. This is, like, a perfect example. This is the fucking war cards right here. You've got the Navy guy in the back looking really fucking, like, you know, just disappointed at at what Gunny's doing, which is cramming crayons in his mouth. Uh, You've got Arrow looking like a fucking douchebag, and Sarge is just, like, ripping on him like he always does. Like, it, why are you guys so dumb? Like, why? Um, So each of them is is just like makes up this fucking, you know, this this yeah. militaristic force, this special forces team of unicorns that just like is kind of like mercenaries for hire. Like this whole Warcorns division is just like a massive entity that is like outsourced to other like galactic, you know, entities as like, we've got people that are like real good at, you know, killing and capturing people. Like you want to send them, sure. Like we'll task awesome, fucking man. Warcorns division
0: super uh, awesome and there's so uh so fun. the people know here's uh franklin and ghost yeah
1: franklin and ghost we got general bad guy yeah we got yeah his assistant donna it's too cool man love it's it it's ridiculous dude
0: absolutely love it yeah. you do such fun work now uh you got some other stuff going on as well because you can't help yourself but keep I making know, stuff. So, you know, I can't even begin to you know, the you ne- know, figure so out then what the- you got the- going on right now. So <laughs> well, War Cours is happening. You're doing all that yep. mad stuff. And of yep. course, you're doing more.
1: Tell us about the more part because I can't even So uh, the next thing that really, like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the works, but, like, the next thing that's coming out uh, is, look, I brought a copy, like, to look so professional. Look at, like, brought one so people could see it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, this is a book uh, called DFN3. Uh, this is also a tie-in to Franklin and Ghost. Uh, much like Warcorns, it starts as like a little one-shot short uh, that was actually part of like the Kickstarter campaign. It was, a, it was like a stretch goal. We I was going to make this a full book, and then I was like, well, if we get over a certain amount on the Kickstarter, I'll make like a little, sh- like a preview, like a little short of this character that I want to introduce in this universe. Right. Uh, and luckily we got it. So like this is... I just got these from the printer like two days ago. Uh, this is like the, the first appearance, like, you know, intro one shot of DFN-3. Um, she's she's very much a, uh, she's a cybernetic assassin. It's basically part of like uh, the next generation of, you know, in the Franklin Gunness universe, you have like retrieval bots. Retrieval bots are just like, just machines. They're like, go capture that guy you got it like they just right. go capture do whatever they can get fucking easily you know destroyed over you know they're outmatched by quite a few people um the company that made the retrieval bots kind of has like over the years developed like next generation like the t1000 right like of like, we're, we're, we gotta, we're creating well, the better right. versions of these bots uh until they kind of come down to this next this this the, what's you know the final stage the current stage uh which is uh, they're called Dexcon Force Next Generation Bots. So the Next Generation Bots are there's 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 they're men and women uh, basically like cybernetic, perfectly built machines. they the T1000s. are like what 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 in the new movie there's like a new one that like is better than the T1000. Like like it's like the 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 nanobot technology. Oh yeah that yeah, and yeah. the new one do yeah, whatever yeah. you know kind of shit. Um, yeah. So she kind of like comes into play in this book of like, you know, this, so DFN three kind of takes place between. I didn't realize this was in the, sorry,
0: this was in the Franklin and Ghost universe yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah, so, all right. It's so all, all in, bu- it's all in the same, everything you're doing. Okay. It's all tied together. Oh, I didn't so, realize
1: it was all so tight with yeah. this
0: new stuff. I thought this was something new and funky you were trying. Yeah.
1: No, this is okay. all Franklin and Ghost. So, all right. uh, this book kind of takes place between Franklin and Ghost 2 and 3. Um, okay. Where, where the, the bots have failed to bring back, you know, Franklin and Ghost and Delilah back to Defillion. So, like, hey, we got to call in a favor. Like, the Warhorns like, didn't work out. Like, we need somebody else. So they call in this, like, assassin that's, like, really, it's, it costs a lot of money to, like, bring her in. Like, this is a very, very expensive military asset. And so they bring her in to like hey like we got a priority one kill cap like we need these fucking dudes dealt with um and she kind of has this weird history with delilah that you like will find out eventually um she's it's it's very uh yeah it's a very like (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot going on there there's a lot of history between her and delilah there's a lot of history between like her how do you
0: keep all these different spin off straight. Do you have like different kind of like outlines for each one or kind of notebooks for kind of each deal? Ah, oh, you got charts. I got like
1: 400 of these in my fucking shit. office. That's
0: great. Hey, that's like Shay. Remember Shay? You met Shayhan when oh, you Oh yeah, were here, Shay Han. Right? I know Shay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, Shay. Shayhan. Yeah, Shayhan. Yeah, sorry. I thought you said Sean. You might have thought no, I was Shay talking Han. about the daily. Yeah. Bing bing bing. Yeah. There you go everybody. That is your uh that is your weekly uh... Uh, Sean Daly mention. Okay. Um, tell us about, uh, yeah, Shay is incredibly meticulous. When he's putting his yeah. books together, it's just charts and, you know, yeah, it's all his, laid out beautifully. It gives me anxiety. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. tell
1: us about what we got on the screen here. So uh, so this is a cover that we did um I've, I've, I've wanted to do, I'm, I'm not a big homage person. Like I really like them because obviously it's like a big fan service to like do cool homages. Um, right. But I, I'd seen, you know, recently with all this stuff going on, like there was, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been doing like, you know, retailer relief stuff, like ways to help local comic shops, like, cause they're like getting hit the hardest of like anybody during this whole thing. Sure. And so, you know, I saw Frank do a retailer relief variant for his book, No Heroin um and i you know i was like hey like i could do that like you know we already had the book the dfn three book and i was like you know like let's do a really cool homage cover and you know make it something really hot and then and you know make this book and do a super limited printing of it uh you know with every time somebody buys a copy a free copy is donated to a comic shop of their choice like at no cost to the store right. to the buyer to anything very um, sweet like you buy this, and then we donate another one in your name too. Like it gets sent with a little note that says, "Like hey, this copy was donated to your shop by this person." Uh, this is like a little bit about the book and the history of it and the creators and whatever. Right, right. Um, so this is the finished inks by Jeremy Clark with uh, pencils by Raymond Gay, who did the super dope covers for Broken Gargoyles that people have seen. Um, and this killer, is man. well, of yeah. course, he's a killer. He's a Clark, <laughs> right? Right. So, uh, him and Raymond cooked up this new, new mutants 87 homage, first appearance of cable. Um, and I, we knew that we wanted like, you know, obviously Franklin, and even though they're not in the book, like in the preview book, we wanted them to be like on there to be like, you know, not featuring, um, right. Right. And so like, so also, so it, like kind of fit the, you know, the look of the original, you know, new mutants 87. Um, so we've got DFN three and like her, like expo- exposed combat form, um, on the cover. And then we've got obviously Franklin ghost and Delilah. Um, and then it's going to be like a full red chromium book. So that like really is going to like pop it's and gorgeous,
0: out. man. You it's, just it's going to, the colors are in
1: progress right now right. and it is going to be quite phenomenal. Like it's going to look really, really good.
0: Gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. stuff. Yeah. Jeremy's just been absolutely a monster lately man yeah. he's been uh yeah, they're doing a lot doing some fine fine work yeah so um as far as supporting you and supporting the cause what yes, can so. people specifically do right now to help out you and SourcePoint, and uh you know how can they get involved with keeping the production of these wonderful stories rolling
1: Uh, The big thing right now is obviously that cover. So we only have one copy of that retailer relief variant left, uh, which is on our website right now. It even says like last one, like when you go to our page. Um, So you can go to lastwolflegion.com and you can buy a copy of that variant uh, and have a free copy, obviously donated to the shop of your choice. Um, That's the best thing. Then uh, there's also this cover is also available on the website uh, for order. Uh, those are limited to hundred, so I think there's like 35 left or something like that. The rest have sold. Um, but I mean, that's beautiful. really it. Like, you can buy yeah. Franklin and Ghost. You can buy whatever through either sourcepoint.press. You can buy signed copies on lastwolflegion.com. dot uh, You
0: know, and pay attention yeah. for the auctions because you've donated stuff to the. Auctions I'm going to be, well, I'm, and I'm going to be you? on one. Are you the up. next guest? Are you not the next, next one? Not the but next I've, one, but they've got. I'm coming you up, up in, uh, I think August. Awesome. August is mine. Oh, well, um, they've got it lined up that far.
1: Well, we're doing an event. It's going to be part of an event, hopefully. Uh, okay. Part, part part of the uh, the release of the Franklin and Ghost board game. Oh, that's
0: right. That's coming. Intentionally wink well. on the wrong side. And oh, there's so much exciting game stuff too, especially right now during quarantine. Kids, yeah. check out. Go to oximedia.com. You can check out sourcepointpress.com through there. You can also check out. N3 and Deep Water Games. And Water Games has some fantastic stuff to kill the time right now. I've gone to the stores. I've had to go out and get supplies. And I've looked, and the the, the shelves are bare. There's no puzzles. There's no games, you know? Like, you <laughs> yeah. can't even get Uno right now or Yahtzee. <laughs> and these are cool new games. Um, Welcome to, which is a huge hit. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is a fan himself. Harry Potter. Yes. is talking An about it. In, uh, which magazine was that? empire people like uh, beef- i don't know but it was, was one magazine? of those i feel
1: like it was people magazine but they asked him what he was up to and what he was
0: so it's very cool because there's also a lots of exciting stuff coming uh with the claim universe uh as far as yeah. on the source point side and that's a very cool card catch game from uh, Deepwater and N3. I know a lot of people out there are gaming right now. In fact, I should have pulled out some examples, uh, but the most well-constructed, uh, best quality, most beautiful, unique, uh, and artistic game mats that you've ever encountered, uh, they're available <laughs> as well from uh, N3. So, uh,
1: I'll yeah. also say we also have, for the first time ever pretty soon, uh, we have an all-ages book coming out source point that i'm writing called spiro which is
0: about goddamn time because how long have we been bugging source
1: point because i can't tell I you know. how
0: much more money i would have made at a convention if we had something to give the kids man
1: we yeah so we uh we just we're doing we got it got kicked back for some like final edit stuff so we're we're making the book bigger and better and and more ridiculous uh but it is a like i forget it, when it's all said not it's gonna be like 175 pages long um all ages book uh, right. that's coming out and i and think I that's saw gonna the, be-
0: sword. Oh, um, hell, the sword um yeah. oh
1: fucking hell the life-size one yeah oh my was, god
0: wow
1: yeah that's crazy
0: Who is that just uh, a fan or a friend or
1: it's uh, a friend mostly like uh, he he does he's an engineering student uh local here that like we know and i just kind of told him i he bought like three 3d printers and he was like yeah i'm just making cool shit and i was like Dude, if you ever want to make like I was going to get one made by somebody like a professional person and right. they were like, yeah, like it's 2500 bucks and I was like, Ooh. I don't know if I can like justify that purchase. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I told him, he was like, dude, I can make this. Like, I can make like I'm an engineering student like he did it up in CAD, like he built the whole thing, designed the whole thing. It's like it has like acrylic casing with like light up lights in it and like crazy shit. He was like, dude, I can make this for like $180 in like 3D printing supplies. And I was like, well, if you can do that, I was like, I'll pay you $700 as a commission to build it. Right. And like, like materials and shit. He was like, all right. And he didn't tell me anything for like three months. Right. And then he just sends me those pictures. He's all it's almost done,
0: dude. I was like, Holy shit. Nice. Well, it's like the wrench, the salvagers wrench. Exactly. I know fucking traps so
1: much.
0: Oh, like there's not enough crap getting
1: set up. I know. Well setups these days. Right. right. He's gonna he's he's gonna have these gigantic bullshit ass fucking you know.
0: Props um kids again you can check all that stuff out and if you go online as you'll see it says uh right under his uh beautiful face there some writer guy that's pretty much all your handles right on uh Insta yes
1: ig twitter
0: everything Facebook some writer everything.
1: guy he you is can't remember who wrote it i don't know man some writer guy
0: he is garrett gunn and he is beautiful um it's been an absolute blast uh Good hanging out man. with you, I you. uh you really i you know i wish you all the luck i'm glad things are going well um you know, you. come back any time, dude. Uh, kids, that is all we are gonna have This week an elegant weapon. on an elegant weapon for a more stage.